Wake me up before you go go. That's going to be for your wussification. Hey, welcome everybody. We're talking about hunting today. I we thought I'd lead us in with a little bit of whams. How do you like that, Kevin? You like this? A good that intro music? Horrible. Wake me up. <laughs> Take me dancing tonight. What does this have to do with hunting? I just was kicking it up a notch. Me and the laugh track, Sammy, we're having fun over here with some wham. Oh, Wake my. me up before you go go. Goodness. Take me dancing tonight, right? Okay. Sammy says no. Okay. That's probably not exactly the intro you were thinking about when we're talking about hunting in Texas. I do have editing tools, luckily. No, we don't need to edit that. We're (laughs) dead on. All right. Hey, everybody. Uh, Welcome to How to Be a Texan. Today, I thought it'd be fun to talk about hunting in Texas. And uh, what do you think about hunting, Kevin? I think hunting is awesome. I haven't done a whole lot of it, though. I think I it's... Uh, a little bit growing up, but not yeah. nearly as much as you. You're a seasonal hunter, I'm, I'm as redneck as you can get. I like to hunt and shoot stuff and eat it. and It's awesome. I think God gave us the ability to go and hunt and kill stuff and eat it. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> now, I do have a theory about that, and I've always been taught that if you're going to shoot something, don't shoot anything that you're not planning on eating well yeah of course or consuming yeah and so i've got a little bit of a weird theory on the ducks because i just don't like the ducks but i've always got dogs that do like the ducks so yeah. if i've ever shot ducks uh if nobody takes them right there then i generally kind of give them i've actually cooked them for my dogs before i'm just saying that i i don't waste <laughs> <laughs> just say i don't want No, the theory is don't kill something unless you're going to eat it right well my dogs love it (laughs) and i sure love back in the day i loved the sport of duck hunting i just hated the taste of ducks right so it's opposite of your theory well i'm thinking you know homeless people in africa or something might like it. you were shipping it over there no i was just giving them my dogs (laughs) so anyway did they like it cooked, or did they prefer it raw? Oh, they'd eat it pretty much either, any way I'd give it to them, yeah. and, and they enjoyed it. So anyway, that's not the point. <laughs> what, what I thought we'd talk about is, again, if, if you live in Texas, you're coming to Texas, hunting's a big deal, mm-hmm. and, and so is fishing. So, uh, you know, we could look at, you know, if you're a birder or if you're just a wildlife enthusiast or you love to fish saltwater or freshwater mm-hmm. or if you like to hunt, and there's a billion different forms of hunting. Uh, there's, there's photography based hunting. And I think as I age, I kind of tend to like that more and more photography based hunting. Well, it's not like you can stun something like on Star Trek, you know, when you truly go out and hunt it, it's not like you can stun it spotty, you know, or Scotty, like on Star Trek, you, you shoot it and there's no like catch and release when you're hunting. And so, uh, some of the types of hunting, uh, that are out there for people that really are, are interested or, or there are main kind of categories they're generally kind of bird varmint and then kind of big game mm-hmm. and the big game is more like the whitetail and in texas whitetail hunting is king mm-hmm. and uh and now, now what are the varmints what varmints are you hunting uh you know squirrels rabbits stuff like that gotcha um and, and then have you ever eaten squirrel i have yeah but that's that's a very very 
you know, kind of Oklahoma thing. Yeah, or me. Louisiana, too. I think they do a lot of that in Louisiana. Well, yeah, and then there's these giant river rats. And, uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Oh, it is horrible. <laughs> but uh, they're massive. They are so big that you could shoot them with a twenty two and just kind of fill them up. What's so, a river rat? I don't know. It's called a nutria. Oh, the Nutra rat. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've heard of that. I don't know if you've ever seen that or not, but it's uh, it, it you know it's about the size of a, a medium dog, <laughs> and uh, quite disturbing. Like uh, you know, if I've ever played golf in Colorado, there's Nutria all over the place. And, mm-hmm. you, know, you just kind of want to shoot them. So anyway, but um, hunting in Texas, um, it, just so you know, there's about. It, 40%. I've got some stuff. I've actually done some research on but this. Before you get in there, I mean, there's a Seinfeld bit for everything. Do we have a Seinfeld bit on hunting? On Nutra rats. Oh, no, I don't know that yes. one. No. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. George buys this super expensive hat. And, uh, it was made of Nutria fur? Well, the real one wasn't. It was made out of some super expensive material. He gets Elaine to put it on her expense report because she's acting as CEO of uh, oh, this thing. And CFO is like, hey, you can't expense this stuff. And Anyway, through some series of circumstances, he ends up losing the hat or a girlfriend steals it. She has to produce it for her expense report. So he goes, Kramer has a connection for these hats. And he goes and gets one. It turns out to be made out of Nutra rat fur okay. instead of mink fur or whatever it was. So well, I can always. That's my connection with the Nutra rats. I, I can always count on you for a Seinfeld <laughs> reference. So mm-hmm. thank you, thank you for that. Um, but I, I will say that oh, it was sable. It was supposed to be sable. Oh yeah, the original hat was sable, and okay. then he replaces it with a Nutra rat hat. Be- beautiful. Sa- yeah. Sable furs are quite beautiful. <laughs> furs in general are, you know, kind of a lightning rod topic. You know, mm-hmm. that not necessarily I'm getting into it. If you want to wear a fur, fine, but I'm not going to throw red paint on it. You know, like <laughs> that's the PETA thing is, you know, you throw a bucket of paint on it to try to ruin it. But I'm I don't care. I don't personally go around wearing furs i think the von erics did <laughs> yes I think yeah they did. yeah i think that was a big deal back in the day but uh now come on you do wear furs you just no, don't want to admit it no no i i know my mother had one yeah and that was it was weird was it, was, it real i think so <laughs> it may have been nutrient too because it's about all we could afford back in the day but uh Anyway, a river uh, rat. I remember she coat was, for Christmas. She was proud of that, and she. I think she wore it like once, you know, and then just kept it in the closet. And <laughs> must have been you know, real then. I don't know, but uh, regardless, it didn't. It didn't get a lot of wear. <laughs> but uh, you know, if if you look at at the hunting industry in Texas, you know, there's a ton of different stats on on what it you know what it looks like, but it's a multi billion dollar industry in Texas about you know the number of hunters and their traveling and their their expenditures on um you know hotels and restaurants and hunting products and all that it's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a huge industry and there's a lot of jobs that are created you know just as a result of of really the hunting and fishing industry not only in Texas but really across across the United States mm-hmm. and 
we we've seen on that that, that it's it's rising in popularity. There's about forty percent of Americans over the age of sixteen that are involved in hunting, fishing, or outdoor recreational sports like mm-hmm. bird watching and things of that nature. What we have seen though is since about 1980 we've seen a general decrease in the numbers of hunters in Texas which is is shocking and alarming but is it just in Texas or is it across no, the board No I think it's I think it's across the board mm-hmm. this was just a study that was done by Texas A&M um, and it showed uh, you know how since 1980 generally the number of hunters has decreased and I have a lot of theories on that, but I'll, I'll get into that in, in just a bit. But I, th- I thought, first of all, you know, you say you don't typically hunt, have a, a lot of exposure to hunting. Um, have you like shooting guns or anything oh, yeah. like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so shooting's fun. Shooting's fun. I mean, I don't have a problem with hunting. I just never yeah. – I don't have a lease or anything. Yeah. I don't really have anywhere to go to do it. Right. But Right. Yeah. Now, no. we did a team-building event at the shooting range over in Dallas a while back. Okay. So, I had all my guys from oh, that's so the much whole fun. central region. One of the guys that works for me out in California is a professional on the... Uh, he does these pistol shooting events. Oh, wow. And he is like... I bet he's amazing. ...ranked number six in the country. So, he brought all kinds of guns with him. And oh. So, we went and did the team-building event, and it was a lot of fun. Oh, that yeah, is fun. It was killer. Yeah. Well, well I... Not, I shouldn't I'm, say killer and related to guns. No, no, no. It was I a fun it. event. Yeah, well, it is fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, frankly, it going out and shooting sporting clays or shooting target practice mm-hmm. or sighting in your rifles or whatever, I mean, that's actually a lot of fun. Some of it can be, you know, tiring and, and hard work and all that because I know that when I sight in my deer rifle, it's a hard, you know, it's a lot of work because it, you know, it's generally you're, you're sighting in at 100 and 300 yards. And, uh, you know, and the, those guns have a pretty big kick to them. So, you ever shot a muzzle loader? I like have black powder. I haven't. I haven't shot black powder, but I've shot muzzle. I've I've shot. Oh no, no! I'm thinking of the noise reducers that they put on the end of uh, uh, shotguns that take some of the oh, kick out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm talking about the black powder. You no. put the ball, the patch in there, and oh, pack no. it down. Yeah, no, no, no. I so haven't. my dad worked for a company when I was a kid that made those. Uh, they made replicas of the old, old school black powder rifles. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we got to shoot those. We had pistols and I bet that rifles. would have a huge kick. Oh, yeah. yeah. My brother still has one. So, really? yeah, at one point, we got Christmas, for one year for Christmas, we got rifles. Yeah. And my brother wanted a black powder, so he got a black powder. I wanted a, a deer rifle, so I got a thirty thirty. Oh yeah. deer rifle. Wow. Yeah. Well, no, I, I just love shooting stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. it's fun. And I grew up... Uh, where again, going to Oklahoma to my grandparents' place up in South Central Oklahoma, and we went up there all the time. And as soon as my dad thought I was kind of of age, and that was probably seven mm-hmm. when I started shooting in earnest. And in the twenty-two rifle was the oh, we- yeah. the weapon of choice because yep. it felt like it was kind of the the most safe, and uh, which actually I don't know that it was. Because a twenty two rifle, a long rifle shell will travel well over a mile at hmm. a very, very high speed. Really? And it'll reflect off stuff. So um, so there's a lot of danger, even with shooting a twenty two. But it's got no kick. And, you know, mm-hmm. I would have, my first little rifle I got, I was so proud of it because it, it was a little twenty two rifle and it had 
you know, a little magazine with 11 shots in it. It was just awesome. So I just love, love, love. It was Remington, and I just loved it. Mm -hmm. And so my grandmother, she would just be like, she would just turn me loose. Once I proved myself, she would turn me loose, and I would go to multiple kind of tanks, ponds Mm -hmm. around their place, and she'd be like, Kyle, the turtles eat my baby fish. I want the turtles gone. And so my job was just to go around and shoot the turtles. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. And so if you could master shooting a turtle, you know, at 60, 80 yards, you know, and this is a a one and a half inch target at 80 yards that pops up out of the water for a very limited time. Mm -hmm. And if you're able to shoot that consistently, you you get to be a pretty good marksman. Did you get pretty good at it? Oh, yeah. And that's how I became a pretty good shot. That's cool. Yeah. And so, and then you just develop. Now I'm terrible with a with any kind of a handgun, uh, and frankly, I'm quite bad with a shotgun. Handguns are a different animal. <clears throat> I'm horrible with a handgun. Oh yeah, no, they're they're just a totally different animal than a rifle. Yeah, and a shotgun is totally different than a rifle mm-hmm. as well because. You really, it's kind of like a, a, a Jedi with a lightsaber. You're kind of moving with the force, and you're kind of using physics and swings and wind, mm-hmm. and, and you're, you're, you're trying to shoot something at a very, very fast pace, like a dove, you know, which is very, very difficult to shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, as far as bird hunting, you know, that's kind of the intro, you know, is, is really dove hunting. So that's a real popular thing to do in Texas because we have, we're in the dove flyway, and we have, um, you know, millions and millions of doves that fly through, you know, from their, you know, I, I guess it's their summer. Oh, no, what, what is it? They're, in the summer, they go up north. and the winter, they come down mm-hmm. really to Central America, down to even probably South America. But No, wait, they fly south for the winter. South for the winter. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. My bad. Yeah. Reverse that. Yeah. So, but but regardless, we have. I went a, I went dove hunting one time as a teenager. Oh yeah. And all we killed was rattlesnakes. You told me. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't get any doves at all. We killed probably twelve rattlesnakes. Well, but even even if you had the opportunity to shoot a dove, they, as an old baseball player, they look like knuckleballs coming at you. They, oh yeah. They flutter and fly, and they don't take a direct line, and you have to swing kind of through their course and then get them. Yeah. And so that's how I was introduced. Turtles, and then eventually, you know, up to squirrels, and then I got to shoot dove. And then my dad, he, it wasn't, deer hunting was never a big deal, or turkeys or any like anything like that. It was, we would kind of shoot whatever we had to to kind of eat stuff, you know, and that was generally squirrels, which you think's nasty, but um, <laughs> we did a lot of that. And then, um, but it was really after uh, college and in grad school when I got into kind of deer hunting, and a buddy of mine uh, introduced me to it, and we got on the deer lease, and we had a deer lease down in Junction, Texas, for ten years or so, and uh, and I just got all hooked into it. And at first, I, I I remember you know the first time I ever shot a deer, and I just cried like a baby because really? it was so moving because this is such a beautiful, majestic animal. And now the only saving grace on that was I knew that I was literally going to eat that. And I was just shooting something so that I didn't have a butcher do it artificially for me. Um, but the first, the first deer I killed, it was, it was very, very moving and emotional. Hmm. Um, and the second, third, fourth, fifth, you know, they were still emotional, but not like that first one. I kind of knew what to expect. And then, 
you know, as you're butchering them and all that, it's just the, it's hard work. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of get, maybe you get a little callous to that. Um, but, uh, you ever hunted the wild hogs? Oh yeah. 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 And I've done that with, with bow, with uh, bow and arrow. Yeah. So I got to, I got to the point where you kind of get to a point where as a gun hunter, uh, where you're like, yeah, okay. All I'm looking for is trophies. And then you want to take it to the next level. Well, the next level is generally archery. And mm-hmm. so I went to archery and I was full blast on archery for years where I got all into it. And because it, with a gun, you can reach out and touch something at three, 400 yards. No big deal. With a good sight, you can just sit there on a perch and look at something for way, way out and get it. No problem. Provided you're a decent shot, no wind, all that. So, but then with, with a, with a bow, you have to go kind of Apache, you know I mean? You're up in a tree, you're within 20 yards. Uh, they smell you, they smell the human scent. So you have to mask all the human scent. You have to put, you know, I, I would literally kind of, I would have all my clothes in a trash bag with cedar for the week leading up to when I was going to go. I would put that on after I kind of showered with this human neutralizing scent and then i would spray fox urine on my boots and i would walk in and i would and and the deer and all the animals in the woods thought that i was a fox walking through the woods they don't mind the foxes well it's just part of it's part of the natural ecosystem as opposed to me not being and so i would walk in i'd get up there and i'd I'd hunt and uh so it was fun how much does fox urine generally sell for i haven't bought something that in a, long, a very long time about at costco like in no, a big old 20 gallon nor vat did, of fox ear can no i just i just milked it myself <laughs> can you imagine excuse That's me disturbing. mr fox disturbing. i just need to collect a specimen <laughs> can you imagine being this cup for me please yeah i don't think that would go quite that well so but anyway uh so for me it's it's been fun and it's been fun teaching my boys and I've got twins. Um, one of them, uh, very much likes the experience and, and likes the hunting and all that. And the other one is absolutely the opposite. He is not on board with it at all. Uh, he has such a heart for animals that he is absolutely opposed Mm -hmm. to ending a life on his own Mm -hmm. at any cost. Um, and so I have to respect that. So I get it. And it's just kind of part of part of the deal so Mm -hmm. me and one go and me and the other we go do something else yeah uh but i don't try to force that on. no yeah you don't want to force that yeah but uh i tell you what um you know i've got a theory on you know that i was telling you that uh since 1980 we've seen a decline in um overall hunting and and i've i've kind of got this theory it goes back to um you know the some of the stuff that you and I've talked about before about, you know, the stress of life and, and the connectedness of technology that we have. And frankly, just kind of the, the entertainment and ease of access to entertainment that we have right now. Mm -hmm. And, and so I'm going to call it kind of the, what are you calling it? Well, I'm not calling it wham. <laughs> I'm calling it the wussification of mankind. That's what but I'm calling didn't it. Didn't that start with wham? Kind of. Well, it kind of did. It kind of did. So, I do so like, it, all, it all comes full circle here I, with the, I, with your intro. I do like this song. 
It's a great song. It kind of gets me a little peppy. I don't and, see Wham out there with the no, with a bow and you can't play this fox urine on their boots. And I always thought I was going to go from the gun to the bow to the spear, you know, and then ultimately the Tarzan knife in my mouth, and I just jump down on something and stab mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And I always thought I was going to go to that, but I never did yet. Yeah. And now that I'm 100 years old, I just don't think i'm gonna go back that way <laughs> i'm not gonna jump out of a tree with a knife like tarzan now you just take rubber bands and put it on you know cow balls and that's oh, about the extent yeah. of it no now the thing that i wished i <laughs> so if 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 i could be a cabillionaire i'd love to figure out a way to stun animals so it's truly kind of like fishing where you go catch and release and hunting there's no release you catch that's it mm-hmm. they're dead and so uh i wished i could do I wish I could do something like that where we could figure out some catch and release thing. You can't do that now. And now there's a, the, there's a huge industry, especially in South Texas, with some of these big-time game ranches where they've got the high fences and they've imported all these really awesome animals from Africa. And so you go and you get these amazing animals. And so you can get an elk, a mule deer, a whitetail that you're guaranteed to have a cabillion points on it. And, you know, it look like a Christmas tree that you just shot. Or some of these really cool African animals mm. uh, that are out there. Um, so anyway, I mean, that, and, and I'm, not, I'm talking like kudu. I'm not talking like, a, you know, an elephant or something that's going <laughs> to cause, you know, the press to go crazy on you. These are pretty standard, you know, deer type things. It's just well, I think if you're going to eat it, you know, you hunt it, you eat it. That's good. But some of this stuff just gets into the oh yeah bizarro world. Oh no no no. The, the dentist that goes and has five lion heads on his yeah. Wall. Okay, What's that's the point of that. That's disturbing. Yeah. Okay. So I I, I'm certainly not into exotic trophy hunting. I just I, I've enjoyed the sport of hunting. And certainly have had, you know, good experiences and really, really bad experiences out there, too. Trophy hunting apparently is actually good for um, animal conservation. Oh. Uh, okay. Consti- uh, animal constipation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember he- hearing stuff about it. Like, I listened, like, there was a podcast I listened to that mentioned it once, and then I also saw a TV show where they talk about it. I can't remember the specifics on it. Yeah. Well, I think it's right in certain cases. But in this case where he's describing where, you know, let's set up a big, you know, facility in Texas and bring in animals for Africa and just kind of, you know, that's not conservation. Oh, yeah. I think I might have missed that part. No, no. Well, and and, and again, these are, you know, it's got, I, I think some of them are pretty healthy. And so... These are kind of the deer of Africa, and they have a real good buck to doe, you know, mm-hmm. and they're breeding, and it's very healthy population. And they're like, there's a cull buck. We need to call, carve that one out, mm-hmm. you know. And it's so, I mean, those are, are legit. What I'm talking about are, you know, going and getting the ivory and, mm-hmm. and shooting right. elephants just to shoot them. And yeah. that is absolutely not okay. Or the dentist going over just so that he can get, you know, a, a, a fifth lion. Why do you keep picking on dentists? Because I've seen there's one of those. You're an anti-dentite. No, I'm telling you. 
Everybody is. You're a rabid anti-dentite. No. The next thing you know, you'll be saying they should go to their own schools. <laughs> well, they do need to go to their own school. <laughs> Sorry, they they do. No, I've got a lot of dentist buddies. It's all good. It's all that good. is straight from a Seinfeld episode. Okay. And your response was even exactly what the response was on yeah. the episode. Okay, so so back back to the wussification of mankind, and so this oh, it's is of mankind, of mankind, of mankind, and and so this goes back to maybe one of our blue zone discussions because when you think about it, when I try to get my boys, I'm saying, hey, let's go out this weekend, we'll go hunting, or we'll just go out, and we'll go whatever hiking, or let's go camping, or whatever. Well, the idea of getting people off of their iPhones, Sammy. Yeah, it's like Sammy's sitting right here next to us, and she's on her iPhone. You know, hey man, what's going on? As on the Instagram? people are listening to this on their iPhone, which is fine. Please do, everyone out there. Please shut down your phones and close your laptops. Thank you. <laughs> go, go out and hug, or, hug or an listen armadillo. to a podcast while you're hunting. Yeah, yeah. You ever hear people that start a meeting like that? Uh, please close your laptops and. Turn off your cell phones. Oh, no. A guy I worked for, he did that. See, and I just feel like if I have to do that, that means I'm a lousy speaker. If uh, I'm not able to keep your attention and you would rather soak your face into a bunch of radiation, yeah, that, that's more on me than it is on you. I guess. But yeah. I'm telling you, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's 100%. That's culture. I'm telling you, the wussification of mankind is we're there. And we're so addicted to our phones, we're so addicted to our screens that and our, our video games. And so when I tell when I tell my boys, I'm like, hey, let's go out camp for the weekend. They're like, you know, they're they don't want to do it because mm-hmm. it takes them away from they're going to be out of data range. They're going to you know not be on their phone texting their friends or whatever, uh, and they're going to have to disconnect mm-hmm. from technology. That's inconvenient, uncomfortable. And um, it just gets them away from this super engaging entertainment that we have, which is on all of our screens, mm-hmm. this virtual life that we have. And so I think a lot of the stress that we have is based on us carrying these phones around because I'm immediately accessible mm-hmm. via this phone with email, text, calls, whatever. And so maybe in 1980, uh, think about 1980. The pace of play was so much slower. Well, in 1980, you had a work phone at work and a home phone at work at That's home. Right. That's you right. Know, nobody ever called you on your home phone at work. No. So but now you, uh, people will text you or call you at no. any time of the day or night. That's right. So in 1980, my dad would say, okay, we're going to Oklahoma for the weekend. We're going to go and be like, all right, let's go. And so we drive and we listen to Merle Haggard all the way up on an eight on an eight track. And then... We get up there, and I'm looking for stuff to do. So I go shoot turtles, and then I go wandering mm-hmm. around back by the river and get ticks all over me and whatever. And eventually, I start figuring out how to fish and hunt and explore and, you know, Davy Crockett. And get rid of ticks. Oh, yeah. Ticks are bad. <laughs> if you're coming to Texas, there's we got ticks here. So beware. Um, but so the, uh, the, the rest of the story is, is that, uh, I, I think urban sprawl is, is kind of dwindling down some of the kind of the hunting areas that we have as well. Now, Texas is so stinking big. There's plenty of areas to hunt. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can go, you can go anywhere and hunt birds. You can hunt deer. You can hunt, even there's tons and tons of public land. So there's plenty of opportunities out there. And frankly, I love the experience. I'm getting older where I, I, you know, like I said a little while ago, I kind of like capturing the image of the game on my phone or video. I really enjoy that really more than the actual kill itself. Used to, I was, I really enjoyed the kill and the trophy of it. Um, but, but now I, I think as I age and I had older sage friends that told me that they'll say, you'll go through an evolution in life where you're kind of bloodthirsty for, you know, game. And then all of a sudden you'll kind of come up and over that and you'll get to the point where you just really enjoy nature. And again, we've talked about that too, where when in life are you ever just sitting there and being still and quiet and Mm -hmm. watching very, very seldom. Yeah. So. Um, and then I, I've got one more uh, theory about the wussification of mankind, <laughs> and it's really what I call the dread of the dead. And um, so, I mean, think about that. If you shoot something, you have to go approach it, touch it, and clean it. Mm-hmm. Most people gross out at that. Oh, yeah. And so the first time I shot a deer with my boys with me, they literally were about to yak. I mean, they were like, oh, my gosh, are you actually going to? do something i'm like yeah we've got to clean this thing and then i started cleaning it and they were just like that's the grossest thing i've ever seen in my life you know and so i mean i butchered the whole deer but you know that's good for them if if you can get them to make the connection to this is where food comes from yeah i'm you like know, when you go and buy a steak at the at the grocery store it oh no didn't come in nature in that little plastic package yeah, right? so it this, comes from an animal yeah this dread of the dead you know they're like oh well let's go to chick-fil-a and get some chicken nuggets i'm like where do you think they came from <laughs> that used to be a chicken yeah somebody did something to that chicken to get it to right. this wonderful flavor of chick-fil-a that you're <laughs> popping in your mouth with a little ranch on it right you know so anyway i think that is a common deal now this dread of the dead and uh and I think, it, frankly, it's it's good to go medieval every once in a while mm-hmm. and be able to butcher your own food. Yeah. And again, that's kind of going back to this renaissance thing that I'm trying to create. And I'm not going full scale where I'm raising my own, you know, meat and whatever. But I do like the fact that I've got a garden. I've got fresh eggs. We've got you're raising your own meat. I've got honey. You know, you got cow, oh yeah cows over there. Oh yeah, we are going to butcher that sucker. I'm not. <laughs> We're going to take the, our, our uh, little bull calf. No, you're not going to butcher that. Our steer. You're going to take it to a butcher. Yeah. Yeah. Once he gets to be about 800 pounds, we're, we're going to take him off. So, yeah. So, anyway. So, uh, hunting, I think, is fun. And there's a lot of facts and figures on, on that. And, frankly, there's a lot of people that are absolutely opposed to hunting. And I respect that. Again, I've got a son that's absolutely opposed to that. And my wife is not a fan of hunting at all. But she appreciates how much I have loved it in my lifetime. And it's really not the love of killing. It's the love of seeing nature, you know, and really kind of what God's given us, um, frankly, to to enjoy and, and as food. So, mm-hmm. And I just, I, I've never wanted to, you know, kind of uh, go against that. So, again, the only thing that I've really done wrong on is probably ducks. And I just hate ducks. <laughs> but I love shooting them. I do love shooting them. I mean, there's something magical even, and and it's miserable. It is miserable duck hunting. I'll tell you that right now. The best duck hunting is going to be when it's 20 degrees outside and you're wading in chest deep water that is literally freezing your stuff off 
And that is the absolute best time to be out there duck hunting because it is awesome. And you spread all these little decoys out and you make little cool quacking noises. And I'm telling you what, it is beautiful. <laughs> when they circle around and you quack at them and they come in and they cup their wings, oh, it's an amazing sight. And then you feed them to your dogs. You blast away, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's horrible. Uh, well, it is what it is. So, anyway. So, hey, you non-Texans, come on out. Come on down, and we'll show you a good hunt. So, um, but there are some there are some kind of scary things out there. And I was just, uh, I, I was thinking through some of the, the, the interesting stories that I've had. I won't bore you with uh, many of them, but I've told you about the rattlesnake that i had right mm-hmm. when i was coming out of deer blind that was injunction that was injunction yeah. and i was being cocky and i didn't get my flashlight <laughs> out and that junction was kind of right under my foot i've also had skunks kind of come right up under me i've been sitting literally waiting for ducks to come in Did you get sprayed by the skunk no i was up about 12 feet over its yeah. head and it didn't see me and i did not move I mean, yeah. that's one where you're just like, okay, I am <laughs> going to totally be quiet and still for a while. And it was a great you're big like, fast dude, I already skunk. sprayed myself with fox urine. No, <laughs> yeah. I don't need a skunk spray. I did. I no, did. Don't need a liter of skunk spray on top. Yeah. And then, uh, and then one time I saw uh, something that was pretty amazing. Um, I was sitting there just deer hunting, and I was looking out over this big, wide open field, and I watched this bobcat come up and uh it was just majestic and awesome and so it was coming from one direction on this game trail and up came this really beautiful awesome buck a a male deer with giant horns and it came up and they just had this standoff and the bobcat clearly was alpha because it just sat down and it was waiting for the buck to do something and the buck was trying to get past it to go over to the pond to get something to drink and um and I just watched this whole scene play out. And then the buck finally took this gigantic circle around the bobcat because it was so intimidated by that cat. It, the cat I mean, the bobcat was itty-bitty. And the cat just buck. stayed there? It just stayed there and watched it. And finally it made this giant circle around, went to the pond, and then he got up and kept going. Huh. It was beautiful. I wished I had that on film because huh. it was amazing. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's just amazing what you're going to see out there. And then one time I was sitting there waiting for some really the the sun to come up and i was i was duck hunting we had our decoys out and the water was literally four or five feet from my feet and i was sitting with my legs spread uh out just my feet out from me and i was had my back up against a tree and a raccoon came down and it literally just crawled across my leg because i was full (laughs) camo i had my face camoed out it didn't see me and it literally just crawled across my leg that's crazy weird and again that was another one of those moments where you're just going to be very still so you know you just never know what you're going to get when you get out in the wild very good all right appreciate y'all listening to us have a great week yeah y'all find us on uh itunes google play spreaker leave a review love to hear from you all right adios adios